Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Midtown Atlanta, it's time for Health Connect South Radio. Now here's your host, C.W. Hall. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is CW. Thank you for checking out the Health Connect South radio show. On this week's episode, Jay Schaefer and I sat down with Sam Zabarjadi of Medicast. Medicast is a company that has developed technology that empowers physicians and other healthcare providers to deliver care actually in a patient's home and also empowers those patients to request a visit or in some cases be contacted by one of the healthcare providers. Medicast partners with hospitals and health systems to help them integrate this form of healthcare delivery service into their particularly primary care practices, in many cases, helping those primary care practices go from being loss leaders for a hospital or a health system to becoming actually positive revenue generators for the care that they're delivering. Sam talked about another benefit of the Medicast technology platform that enables these in-home visits as a way for a hospital or a health system to begin to expand the patient population they serve, reaching new patient centers, particularly among young patients in that 20 to 30-something range who tend to be very ready to adopt technologies like this and are showing an interest in this level and, and way of having healthcare delivered to them. And by delivering this model of care through the hospital and its physicians, the hospital is able to establish relationships with these patients in what would have otherwise been a very episodic, one-off sort of visit in many cases and actually establish themselves as the patient's medical home. Here's Sam talking about it. Check it out. Primary care as it stands today is is truly a loss leader. You know, every, every time a patient walks through the door, a health system loses money. But what they're doing is that they're banking on the fact that you'll come back for some follow-on care, that you're going to bring some lifetime value for the health system. Um, and a lot of that's attributed to the fact that Health systems are standing up clinics, they're standing up brick and mortar practices, you know, they're building up these four walls, they're staffing it with 10, 11, 12 people. And what our service, what virtual practice allows us to do is to actually strip all of that out and say, look, you can actually build up an entire practice that covers a broad geographic area with just one to two providers, um, going out and seeing patients on a daily basis and growing that as the demand also grows. And with that, what we actually do is that uh, by eliminating all of those expenses, we can actually turn primary care into a profitable model. Um, not only can we turn it to a profitable model, but we can help them go after new contingents of patients and demographics of patients who will bring that additional downstream value. And that's one thing that health systems are really uh, struggling with today. You know, one health system CEO I was recently speaking with was saying that there are two things that keep them up at night. One is the challenges around patient acquisition and the fact that they're not getting enough patients within that 26 to 45 demographic. Mm. And the second is around retention. They say, mm. you know, once one of those patients walks through our door, we don't provide enough offerings for them to keep coming back. And a lot of those folks are going out to industry disruptors. They're using uh, telemedicine services that are off-brand or they're walking into retail clinics, which is causing some disruption. Stick around for the full interview with Sam Zabarjadi of Medicast coming up next. Hey, everyone. It is C.W. Hall, your host here on Health Connect South Radio. Thanks for making us a part of your day this morning. I'm joined in the studio, as almost always, 
Good morning, CW. This is Jay Schaefer. By Jay Schaefer, my partner in crime here on the Health Connect South Radio Show. And over time, we've talked to a number of companies using mobile technologies and telephony and videography technology to change the way healthcare is being delivered. And today, we're going to be looking a little bit more at one of those companies that's using mobile technology to change the way healthcare is delivered. We've got Sam Zabarjadi. He is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Medicast. So thanks for taking some time to join us in the studio. Good morning. Thanks for having me. We've been sitting around chatting. Cool guy. For folks who aren't familiar with you, Sam, talk about your background because it looks like your whole career, education, everything's really been focused on technology. Yeah, that's right. And good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, that's right. My background has really been spent, uh, you know, my career, whole career has been really built around just technology, uh, really focused actually on mobile technology. So I've been in the mobile space since before it was a big thing. And it was one of the things that everyone wanted to do. And I've really seen that technology adapt over time and things really change in the industry. And it's really been interesting to just see how people are using mobile technology for good and how that's really changed the way people interact with each other and, uh, you know, do things in their daily lives to make it easier. So over the last year or so, I've had the opportunity to start taking a look at telemedicine as a delivery model. And there's several different ways we've seen it implemented, actually, mm -hmm. that some that are purely, you know, telephonic and video um, on each end and, and the patient is doesn't have anybody sitting in front of him that's delivering care. But in some cases, there's a combination where there's both remote person, a provider or physician sitting on one side with a provider of some kind sitting with you in the home and then what we're talking about here is a little bit of common, combining some technology with in-home visits. Yeah, and that's right. So, so talk a little bit about the Medicast platform and how you're using technology to kind of bend the way we're delivering healthcare. Yeah, so what Medicast has done is uh, we're about three years old now. And, and what we've done is that we've taken, and I usually don't like to say this, but we've taken the Uber model and applied it to healthcare. And, and what we've done is that we've tried to leverage mobile technology to make it very easy for patients to request in-home care, uh, really from the comfort of their own home or, or their office or their hotel if they're traveling. And the whole idea is that there's a subset of things that really can't be done over a video consult or an audio consult. Right. And there's a large contingent of things that people actually want to see a provider for in person. And when you're sick, you know, there's always that problem of trying to leave the house, getting an appointment, and um, really dealing with all the hassles that come with getting care. So Medicast's whole model and our whole thesis is really on the fact that healthcare really belongs in the home. Health happens at home. And being able to bridge that gap to keep people out of unnecessary facility visits is a great way to do that. And so our technology and platform was born. And what we do today is that we actually sell that platform to hospitals and health systems to help them extend care delivery outside of their traditional facilities. So imagine a, a time when uh, you may not be feeling well or a family member's not feeling well. You pick up your mobile phone and download an app from your favorite health system, mm -hmm. or you go to your health system, local health system's website you tap a couple of buttons and typically within a couple hours, a doctor or nurse will show up at your home. Uh, they'll come equipped with a black bag of equipment and they'll deliver some great care to you. And at the same time, that care is part of the broader care continuum you get from them. So next week, if you go back to one of their offices or you go to a specialist, they actually have record of what happened in your home. And uh, it's really exciting for us to be doing that and paving the way in technology around healthcare. And the platform is called Virtual Practice. And so what exactly... What exactly is the platform doing for you? Is it main, mainly focusing on the scheduling side of things, tying the patient to that EMR electronically as that request for, for care is being made? What, I mean, t describe the platform itself. Yes, all of the above. So uh, virtual practice has a few components. The first is some patient-facing tools. Again, it's a, a fully branded application that runs on a mobile device or 
um, an online portal, but really the magic happens on the back end. And, and what virtual practice does is that it's a logistics tool that helps manage uh, patients and connect them with providers and manage the movement of providers from point A to point B. And on the back end, we provide those clinicians with tools that integrate back to their EMR. So, you know, today you walk into a traditional clinic and, you know, doctor or nurse's heads down on a computer typing away into a very complex EMR system. We've tried to take that complexity out and we've built really simple workflows that run on a tablet device uh, that the nurses or doctors in the home use. And then that actually integrates and pushes back to the EMR. So virtual practice is really meant to be a, a uh, you know, all-inclusive tool and set of tools to help those providers deliver better care. Um, and on the logistics side, we like to think of ourselves as almost like an air traffic control system, of uh, you know, connecting all the dots and making sure the best people go to the best place and um, really create for some great patient experiences. But but if the doctors are the limited resource, doesn't it make sense to have all the patients come to the doctor or have the doctors travel to the patients? You would think so. Um, so there's a couple of different ways that, that we like to think about that. The first is from a patient's perspective, obviously the experience is always better to have somebody come to you. Mm -hmm. um, from an economic perspective, you know, uh, health systems can actually generate some really great revenue from this. You know, managing a brick and mortar facility, standing up a staff of 10, 12 people to manage it, and then being bound by the number of rooms and the number of hours in a day, there's only so much you can do. Uh, but what we found is that there's a large contingent of people, typically in the 26 to 45 demographic, who won't even come to a clinic, right? They'll just wait until they're sick enough and they'll end up at an ER. Mm. So this is a really great way for these health systems to go out, go after a new demographic of patients and really deliver great care before it becomes uh, chronic enough to actually send them to the facilities. Co-founder and CEO of Medicast, a healthcare technology company that's changing the way healthcare is delivered using mobile platforms uh, and technology, as well as bringing back the home care visit. Sam Zabarjati with me in the studio. Got it right that time. Nailed it. <laughs> and um, as you were talking about, it sounds like that the pr provider or physician when they're in the home, they're actually doing some of their documentation through your platform, then, then it flows back into the EMR. Is that, did I, did I hear that correct? Yeah, absolutely. That's right. And so that, that I would imagine that that makes it somewhat simpler just because it, it's not going to be as cluttered. Some of the, I've seen some of the EMRs and there, I mean, it's busy. There's, there's all kinds of windows. I would imagine from a workflow perspective, there was a lot of the questions I've gotten and, and comments that I've gotten from physicians as I'm looking at some of the EMR systems that they're using is workflow is a, is issue. They, they talk about pop-up fatigue, for example. So it sounds like it's kind of simplifying the workflow for the physician and the nursing staff and so forth that's going out to the home. That's right. And what we've done is that we've worked with um, you know, hundreds of doctors over the past few years to really curate that workflow and make it really simple. So you know, it's as easy as touching a bunch of radio buttons, doing some very simple charting. And what we've done is that we've actually tailored that uh, charting experience uh, to really uh, suit about 95% of the cases that would typically be done in a home. There's always going to be outliers, and that's when somebody may need to actually log directly into the EMR. But we've tried to make it really, really simple. And, and what we love about it and what we've heard from health systems is, hey, if you could actually take this charting experience and put it in our clinics, it would improve our utilization tenfold. Right. And that's really exciting for us to hear. And, you know, again, at the end of the day, this service is all about patient experience. You know, uh, looking at, at patients as consumers is something that is very difficult for health systems to comprehend. And part of that is really delivering awesome experiences that make people want to engage that, that uh, you know, service again and again. And part of that is making sure that if a provider is coming out to the home, they're not heads down logging into a computer, but that they're really spending that one-on-one -on -one time with the patient and uh, really giving you the attention that they deserve.
Before we went on the air, Sam, you were talking about the fact that initially the plan was to disrupt healthcare and be this company that was providing the service directly to the patient population, found out that it's relatively char- uh, challenging to reach all the people that you need to reach to get the mass that's necessary to achieve your goals. So you just started going through kind of a B2B2C approach, partnering with hospitals and health systems to help them both make their existing practices become a little bit more profitable for the same work that they're doing today, uh, doing it with you and through your model, they're actually able to make those practices actually generate some revenue instead of becoming loss leaders. So talk about why it makes sense from that perspective for those hospitals to be thinking about, geez, we maybe need to take a look at this model a little more closely. Yeah, you know, what's really interesting is, and this is a, a little known fact, or it was, it was new to me, um, but, you know, primary care as it stands today is, is truly a loss leader. You know, ev- every time a patient walks through the door, a health system loses money. But what they're doing is that they're banking on the fact that you'll come back for some follow-on care, that you're going to bring some lifetime value for the health system. Um, and a lot of that's attributed to the fact that health systems are standing up clinics, they're standing up brick and mortar practices, you know, they're building up these four walls. They're staffing it with 10, 11, 12 people. And what our service, what virtual practice allows us to do is to actually strip all of that out and say, look, you can actually build up an entire practice that covers a broad geographic area with just one to two providers, um, going out and seeing patients on a daily basis and growing that as the demand also grows. And with that, what we actually do is that uh, by eliminating all of those expenses, we can actually turn primary care into a profitable model. Um, not only can we turn it to a profitable model, but we can help them go after new contingents of patients and demographics of patients who will bring that additional downstream value. And that's one thing that health systems are really uh, struggling with today. You know, one health system CEO I was recently speaking with was saying that there are two things that keep them up at night. One is the challenges around patient acquisition and the fact that they're not getting enough patients within that 26 to 45 demographic. Mm. And the second is around retention. They say, Mm. you know, once one of those patients walks through our door, we don't provide enough offerings for them to keep coming back. And a lot of those folks are going out to industry disruptors, they're using uh, telemedicine services that are off-brand, or they're walking into retail clinics, which is causing some disruption. And so from the from this perspective, based on what you're saying then, that that, that the providers themselves are actually welcoming this. I I was kind of, as as I started learning more about the model, I'm thinking, man, it's got to be hard to get a physician to be willing to go to where the patient is. And you're saying that in your experience, as you've gotten this launch, that the physicians and providers are actually enjoying the model. They do. And what we found is that there's a sweet spot with the provider type. You know, nurse practitioners are are the best suited to go out. Um, They're slightly lower cost than physicians. They have a lot of autonomy. They can do a lot of what physicians can do. Uh, but it's quite interesting. I mean, health systems are are quite keen on this model. I think there are always some unknowns, right? When you're exploring a new space, when you're digging, uh, diving into something new. Um, but it's been a big learning experience for them. But the thing that we've heard unilaterally has been every provider who's even skeptical about it, after they go do their first visit, it completely transforms them and they love it. And in one case, we actually heard from one doctor who had gone out to see a patient uh, she mentioned that if that patient had actually come into a clinic and if she had seen him through a traditional urgent care visit, she would have missed a couple of the signs that would have uh, yielded him in an ER several days later. But because she was in the home, she got to spend a bit more time with him. She was able to actually dig in a little bit deeper and find the root cause of some issues that she would have otherwise missed. And so for us, it's really great when we hear those kinds of things. And I think it's a, it's a testament to the power of what the house calls can do and the quality of care that you can get. And earlier, as I was talking, we, we've, we've looked at t- 
telemedicine as a, as a delivery model, but this isn't telemedicine really. It's, a, it's using some mobile technology to help facilitate this care. So can you kind of differentiate for folks when we talk about telemedicine and maybe I'm, I'm requesting this care possibly through an application per, perhaps, um, but it's not telemedicine per se. Yeah, and you know this phrase telemedicine has been, um, it's taken on a lot of different meanings recently. So the way that we look at telehealth and telemedicine is that it's traditionally care that's delivered via video, you know, kind of two-way video, whether it's synchronous or asynchronous, or it's done via an audio call or a telephone call, very similar to kind of the nurse lines of uh, of the olden days, you yeah. know, without an app to hit a button <laughs> right, and initiate right. a phone call, imagine that. Um, but the way that we really look at this is that this is another alternate care delivery method. You know, it's not quite telehealth. It is technology enabled. It's a mobile app enabled service. Um, but, you know, it's really all about bringing back that, that uh, you know, human experience and bringing that the old school house call back. And the reason we're using technology is because it helps us facilitate the mobile aspect of it and move people from point A to point B. Um, and also we've just found that that's what people want. People want to engage in services through technology these days versus picking up the phone. And it's all about delivering what patients want and uh, getting them that yeah. great experience. We had one of our other guests say that telehealth is going to go away. He used to say it was mobile banking right. and now yeah, it's, it's just banking. banking. Yes. So this is just part of health. It's just the natural progression of the way things are going to work out. I do think it's interesting that the in-home model is coming back. And, and I think that one of the things that forced it to go by the wayside as much as anything was just the fact that the office or the hospital was where the technology was that we needed to use to evaluate you. But now the physician or the nursing staff that are coming out to visit you can bring very small, very portable devices that do all the things that the old big devices <laughs> in the hospital used right. to do from imaging types of of equipment to things like EKGs and so forth can be extremely portable and many and can travel with them to this. What, what sorts of studies like that, what sorts of equipment is the physician or the nurse using when they're doing these visits that, that the mobile technology is able to empower? So the clinicians today are taking out a black bag, um, kind of think of the old school again, the, the black bags the doctors yeah. used to take. Uh, but instead of taking out, you know, all these kind of glass vials of medicine and uh, <laughs> syringes, they're taking out iPads and connected devices, um, mobile EKGs, as you mentioned, you know, you can even get, um, you know, 12 lead EKGs that are the size of an iPad now, right. which are quite amazing. Um, digitally connected stethoscopes, otoscopes, dermoscopes. Um, you know, everything that that uh, you would need in a traditional office can actually fit in a small bag now. And it's it's great because it really helps mobilize, you know, the, the clinicians. It provides great point of care testing um, and diagnostics right there and then. And the other thing that the clinicians are actually taking out is they are actually going out with medications. You know, they're going out and saying, look, I'm already in your home. Uh, this is what I've diagnosed you with. And now I, ha I have the medications to give you to avoid a visit out for you to the pharmacy. Um, so it's really a great experience when you think about it, you know, in telehealth and all these other services, there's always a need to actually go back out. You know, you have to go to the pharmacy and pick something up or you may need to go get some equipment or, you know, diagnostic testing and come back and, you know, dial the, the clinician back up and give them the results this way that the clinicians are bringing everything in. And I think part of that is why we're seeing the, the trend of the house calls come back. Uh, one interesting thing I, I recently read, if I'm sure your, your listeners are familiar with Dr. Eric Topol. Um, he talks a lot about just the trends and changes in healthcare. He actually made this bold prediction a couple weeks ago saying that house calls are coming full circle and that within the next 25 years, it may be one of the primary methods of delivering care. Uh, so it's, it's very big. It's very bold. 
And, you know, we're, we're keen to see that happen, although we're still in the early days. Yeah, I, I was wondering what kind of metrics you have for people. How many calls do they have to make a day or something to make it better than having the patients come to the office? You know, that's that's kind of up in the air. I think a lot of it just depends on the unit economics of it. Um, a lot of it also depends on what is the lifetime value of that patient look like? And I think that we're still early where not all the data is there. Um, but, you know, providers doing a couple visits an hour is not unlikely, especially in very dense areas, uh, especially as, you know, the demand starts to grow. And with that, we found that they can build a pretty sustainable business. Now, I would imagine that they're... they're this is kind of a new place for the third-party payers. What's that experience like for you? How are the, the commercial and, and the Medicares of the world, commercial payers, taking to this delivery model? So Medicare is one of those, uh, you know, obviously we're still trying to figure out how Medicare feels about all of this. You know, they, they did do a program called Independence at Home a little while back, which uh, yielded very successful results. So we expect to see CMS and, you know, Medicare actually start to reimburse for some of these traditional house call visits and the, and the primary and urgent care side. You know, I would expect to see that in the next 18 to 24 months. Uh, but commercial payers are quite keen on this. And one of the things that we hear quite a bit is the fact that, you know, the reason they love this is because patients get a great experience. It keeps them out of the costly facilities. It keeps them from bleeding into an ER. And the other thing they love about it is the fact that Clinicians are going to the home with a set of specific services they can provide and that it provides less chance of a patient being sent out for extra lab work or extra mm-hmm. um, you know, imaging or whatnot that would incur higher costs for the payers. So many of the payers that we work with are actually reimbursing significantly higher rates than a traditional office visit. And that also contributes to the health systems making more money per encounter and significantly more than they would in a traditional office visit. That's interesting because I guess by paying a little more for that maybe lower acuity visit, if you will, where I'm not doing as many procedures or tests, incentivizes me not to throw in all those other little add-ons that are a little more easy to do as you're talking about. When we're right there with all the other gear around, well, we might as well use it. We got this stuff to pay for. We might as well do a test. That 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 in the end, paying a little more on that in-home visit can save the whole system revenue and cost that it would have had otherwise. That's right. And, and one of the really interesting things is, uh, you know, when we survey a lot of the patients who've used the service, when we ask them and say, if the service didn't exist, what would you do? And about 50% of them say, I would have gone to the ER, mm-hmm. right? And these are, you know, low acuity cases. These are sinus infections and stomach bugs and things that are annoying enough. They're somewhat debilitating um, and people just want that immediate relief. So that's very eye-opening to the payers when we tell them that and they say, wow, there, there has to be a better way to, to get ahead of that. And that's really you know, part of the reason that they're actually reimbursing those higher rates. Well, you mentioned that this is Uber-like. If, I have a, if I'm not feeling well, can I get my doctor to come, even if it's not the closest one? <laughs> You're thinking of the Uber map. Uh... Yeah, if your doctor's part of the network, you can. Um, if the health system has chosen to turn that feature on where you can request a specific doctor or nurse, you can. Um, our platform is also really interesting because some of the things that we allow you to do is to say, I want a male doctor, a female doctor. I want a doctor who speaks a certain language, or I have these symptoms and our system will figure out what kind of specialist to send you uh, if they have specialists on the platform. So there's a lot that can be done. You know, we're still in our early days here. Mm -hmm. Um, Health systems are still trying to figure it out, but we definitely see an opportunity for more provider types to come on the platform and for us to do a lot more in the home than just your your typical visit, uh, primary care visit. 
co-founder and CEO of a company called Medicast, using technology to change the way healthcare is delivered. In fact, bringing back the home visit, Sam Zabarshadi with me in studio today. And we're learning about the way that they have a technology platform that's empowering hospitals and health systems to add the ability to send primary care physicians and providers to the patient homes, engaging in in patient groups maybe that they wouldn't have been able to capture otherwise just due to those particular demographic behaviors. And Sam, you've spent a lot of time in startups, and I know Medicast came up through a tech startup uh, incubator. Talk about that environment from the perspective of technology companies trying to bubble up through and change the way we're doing things now. What's it like around here in Atlanta? Are the resources here for companies like you? Because I know when you first started a couple of years ago, several years ago now, that you did that incubation through another city. But now, how do you see Atlanta in that space? And could you do that now if you were you know, fast forwarded to today where you're starting, could you do the same thing here? You, you know, Atlanta's, uh, it's booming. It's really becoming a, a tech hub. Um, I've been saying that for a while, but I really am starting to mean it now, right? I mean, <laughs> we'd seen little little pockets of hope over the past several years, but what's happening now is that, uh, you know, a lot of people are turning their attention here. We did do a program called Techstars. It's one of the leading global accelerator programs. It's a mentorship program. It's typically 90 days where they invite 10 companies in. And it's really all about helping you uh, you know, vet your company process, really get in and identify a business model, build an MVP or a minimum viable product, and then get out there to market, right? And go try to raise funding, get your first set of customers and execute on that growth plan. And the program that we did was in Kansas City. Uh, it was one of the Techstars programs that was vertically focused. So the program we did was actually focused exclusively on mobile health companies. And what Techstars does is that they typically have two different kinds of accelerators. They have general ones that are for any startup, and then they have vertical programs. Mm -hmm. So for us, it was very exciting being alongside nine other mobile health companies who were all focused on solving a big challenge uh, in a very, very big space. But, you know, I think what's really interesting is that if we had to do it now, uh, we'd have the good fortune of having Techstars here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. You know, they're opening up here very shortly. I think this summer they're kicking off a program. I think that definitely gives a bit more credibility to Atlanta as a startup hub. Uh, we've seen a lot of companies start to relocate here and kind of build up incubation arms and, and different uh, you know, types of startup functions here as well. And I think it's been really interesting how it's evolved over time. Um, you know, This has really become an area where we're seeing a lot more uh, activity. We're seeing venture capital funds pop up. We're seeing a lot of West Coast firms dump money in here. So I'm pretty optimistic about the future of, of what Atlanta holds. Um, you know, for us, it's been exciting having had that Techstars experience. And what I try to do is take a lot of that and bring it to companies and mentor them here, right? And provide some of that guidance and feedback. Uh, I have the good fortune of being a mentor to a couple different startup accelerators, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on the West Coast and getting getting to spend some time with those companies and learn from that and learn from my own experiences. It's all about just giving to others and helping build up the ecosystem here. Uh, and I think that there's a very, very bright future ahead in this town. What does the the competitive landscape look like for Medicast? Are there other companies doing what you're doing? I mentioned the fact as we were looking at telehealth companies <laughs> as I opened today, um, that some of them are pure telehealth. Some of them are kind of a modification of that that's in-home visit coupled with, you know, uh, telephony and videography. Yeah, we've had several uh, guests on the show where they have uh, apps where you can get emergency care. Right. And and with Medicast, the the focus is not so much on 
telephony and videography as the way of delivering care. The physician or the, the nurse is right here with you, and we're, we're empowering that through technology. Are there other companies that are taking your model and, and, and going down, you know, trying to change the way some specialty is being delivered? What we've seen is is there are a lot of companies who are doing this still in the direct consumer space. You know, we have a, a lot of uh, competition in that space. We respect all those players. You know, they're all doing, uh, you know, very well in their own respective towns where they have service and they have operations. Um, you know, most all the competitions started well after we did in the direct to consumer world several years back. Um, you know, the way that we see this industry is that it's not a winner take all market. Mm-hmm. Healthcare is massive. It's a big space. Um, the challenges with direct to consumer is that it's very, very difficult. You know, you're facing an uphill battle. You're trying to build your own brand. You're competing with the Walgreens of the world and the health systems of the world who've dumped billions of dollars into mm-hmm. building their brand. And you're this technology startup who's trying to convince people to spend a couple hundred bucks to send a doctor to the house, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that's why the barrier to entry for telemedicine has been lower because it's a lower price point. But we're also hearing that they're struggling a little bit. So the jury's out on what the right model here is. I, I think that. Um, these startups will continue to thrive. I think as long as there's speculators in the industry from a venture capital perspective, we're going to see more and more companies popping up doing this. But I wouldn't be surprised to see some consolidation, you know, maybe see a few of the players bow out or pivot their model quite significantly here in the next year. So for Metacast, Sam, what are you looking for? What do you need? I mean, it sounds like going through and, and linking up with the hospitals and healthcare systems, it's not quite a B2B C- B2B to C approach because your customer, I guess, is the hospital or health system in that particular case, more so than the patient. But what are you looking for if, as you sit around the boardroom and talk about how do we grow this thing faster, farther, wider, deeper, that from a resource perspective, whether it's additional funding, whether it's just a simple matter of hospitals like what we have around here, jumping on and saying, yeah, we're going to use this model and make it, make it how we deliver healthcare. What are you looking for? All of the above, um, <laughs> you, you know, as a, I, we can still call ourselves a startup. Um, as a startup, you're perpetually fundraising. You're always looking for more customers. You're always looking for, um, you know, more things to do. But I think for us, what's really interesting is just getting a sense of what's the, what's the appetite out there, you know, connecting with healthcare and hospital folks. We're always interested in conversations around what are the pain points that you face, you know, as somebody who works in healthcare as a consumer. And that really helps us learn more about uh, what we should be doing, what we should be thinking about, and learning about how to build better co- uh, consumer experiences. Um, I think that always having a, a pipeline of folks who can write a check, right, or uh, whether as an investor or customer, is always a good thing. We would never say no. Well, and as as we were talking about earlier on, as we were learning about Metacast and its model, clearly from the perspective of a health system, trying to improve revenue, trying to, whether it's growing additional customer bases like we talked about you're empowering or uh, at the same time making that delivery of care more efficient so that the revenue that we do collect actually drops some money to the bottom line just because we've achieved some efficiencies it sounds like you're tackling both ends of that we're trying to and you know our whole approach is really around and again a lot of this has come out in discovery with big health systems that we've been talking to a lot of it really is around downstream revenue it's around long-term value of looking at specific demographics of patients and the value they'll bring over their lifetime. And uh, what's very interesting is that health systems are really keen to find, um, you know, women in in the years before they have kids, right? That's like a really big target for them Mm -hmm. because at some point they're going to have their children, they may need surgeries, they're going to have to 
uh, build you know relationships with their pediatric groups and physician groups. Um, and they're always looking for, you know, men who are close to retirement because they're like, all right, these are the guys who are going to pick up a sports injury at some point or going to go <laughs> golfing and, yeah. you know, need yeah. back surgery. So they're really trying to find interesting ways to go after these demographics. And again, they're really looking at this technology driven solution as one avenue to do that. Um, and then the second really is just around revenue. It's around how can we start to transform the way that we think about primary care and do it in more innovative ways without having to build up brick and mortar practices on every street corner. And I think that, you know, the next few years will definitely uh, see a shift in their thinking around how they're really approaching that and what those outcomes will look like. Talk about where folks go to get more information about Medicast. www.medicast.com is our website. You can get us on Twitter at Medicast. Uh, you can also reach me on Twitter at Sam Zeb. I would love any conversations, feedback, questions that people have. Always happy to have a chat. Well, one of the things you were talking about, your platform, well, the Health Connect South platform is making its first trip to Nashville today. And at the Atlanta, at Nashville Entrepreneur Center at one o'clock, they're going to have a host of speakers. And it's going to be something that be of interest to you, Sam, entrepreneurship and investing in health. So part of the program is to tell people what you do. And we always ask what people need. There's going to be dozens of people in the room. I know they said they were, uh, Russ said they had exceeded their expectations for uh, attendance for this. And they'll talk about this and come up with new ideas and ways to think about that. Because I think you had said before, it's a, uh, the, the jury was out of, there's still a lot of uncharted territory here in the, uh, the ways to deliver medicine going forward. As Sam was talking about, if you want more information about Medicast, medicast.com, M-E-D-I-C-A-S-T.com. Obviously, we want you to go over and check out healthconnectsouth.com as well. There will be information there about upcoming events that you can register for. If you use the Radio X uh, Coupon, promo code, right. then you'll be able to get discounts on your registration. So it benefits you for listening to us on a weekend and weekend right. basis. We'll get a, a recap of, next, of uh, this afternoon's event. We'll talk about some of that, what happened last week. And Sam Zabarjadi of Medicast, I really appreciate you taking some time to come out and share this information. It's a really cool platform. I'm excited to be here helping you spread the word about what you're doing. And hopefully some more of our health systems around the Atlanta area will jump in and start helping to uh, deliver care through this model. I think it's really cool. Yeah, thanks for having me. We're super excited. And uh, for the folks in Nashville, be on the lookout in the next 45 days or so, you may see a big health system there launch our platform. So awesome. We're excited about that. And uh, we hope the health systems here in Atlanta will follow suit. And if you are coming back, checking out the podcast, go to the upper left-hand corner of the show page. You'll see the Apple logo there. That'll take you over to the Health Connect South radio show podcast, Living on iTunes. Subscribe to us. And that way, each week when the new episode comes out, it'll be downloaded straight to your device, ready for the ride to work or walking the dog, whatever the case may be for you. Treadmill's pretty good, too. Treadmills. Um, Putting the dog on a treadmill and watching it walk. (laughs) Um, So we hope you turn around and share that with your social media networks because that's what this is all about, is helping to break down silos and help people understand that there are some very cool healthcare technologies and, and assets around our area that are available to you. So just clicking share on that content might just put this information in the hands of somebody that it really makes a difference for. So we'll say thanks in advance for that. Sam, thanks for coming out to the studio. Thanks for having me. And so glad you could join us. Thanks, CW. And hello out there to the Health Connect South folks on the road, Russ LaPerry and uh, Shivani out there in Texas, I guess. (laughs) And so all the folks who made us a part of your day today, we really want to say thanks so much. We really appreciate your time. We'll look forward to seeing you all same time, same place next week. We'll see you then. 